What's up, guys? Welcome back to the S3 podcast. Again, I'm Mike Sanders. That's Jonathan Woolley. Uh, today, Ford is in the news again. I feel like we talk about these guys constantly, but they're hitting the EV stuff uh, harder than anybody else pretty much right now. So they're just constantly in the news, constantly putting their foot in the mouth. Uh, it's kind of fun for us. So let's talk about their their most recent strategy here that they've come out with. It's a little bit of a head scratcher. We're trying to figure it out and speculate right now. Um, we'll introduce it. Tell them what's up. Okay, so um, first of all, let me preface it by saying, like, if you guys have listened to these podcasts or read the magazine, you hear me and Mike constantly saying they're trying to just make the car industry into cell phones where you just turn them in and get another one and get another one, right? Well, here's more evidence because what Ford has done is – They've basically eliminated their their lease buyout. Is that how you phrase that? So I, I've never leased a car. So whatever, that's not my thing. But if you lease a car, especially with their, okay, let me back this up. With their EVs, Ford has, has eliminated the lease buyout thing, clause, whatever. So if you're leasing a Lightning or a Mach-E or a Transit, you can no longer buy the car at your end of the lease. You have to turn it back in. Um, they've taken away that option as of June 15th. Um, and this was an article that came across my feed in Car and Driver that I was reading about. And, um, you know, <laughs> I sent it to you immediately. It was like, there you have it, cell phones. You know what I mean? Because, like, the way that I see it here, like, this is another step to make you turn in the car and get another car because EVs, I think, are going to quickly be worth more recycled than than not. And I think that because of the, the expense associated with these batteries and getting them made right now, I don't think that Ford or anybody else wants used ones all over the market. I think that 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 they want to be able to control this stuff. So, and it says right here. I mean, let let me read this quote from a um, a Ford spokesman. Ford's battery strategy includes recycling and localizing battery production. So, I think that Ford's eye is on that battery. They want their battery back. Their their battery is worth more than their cars, because of right now we are reliant on, on overseas countries to get these batteries made. And like I said in the last podcast, I think the tides are turning there and the overseas countries are starting to price gouge and make it harder to get this stuff because now all of a sudden the demand is going through the roof because everybody's saying EVs the future. Everybody's got a timeline that they have to make EVs for and gas is of course through the roof. So um, I mean, a lot of this, I don't know, you can pick up here because a, a lot of what we're going to be talking about here is just speculation. Why are they doing this? I mean, we, we don't have to speculate. They said right there to, to try and localize battery production, which makes me think they've, they've already accepted that they're going to have to get these, these resources from overseas, but that once they have them, they do not just want to sell them in the car one time and then them be gone. They want these these minerals, these resources coming back so that they can work on recycling. 
Um, I think for EV to work the way that everybody says it's going to work, recycling is an absolute must. We've got to figure this out. Um, I'm trying to think. Let me see if there's any other quotes real quick that we can kind of read for people. Um, you know, they, they re reiterate again, uh, they want to keep these batteries in Ford's network longer. They want to main con maintain control over battery recycling and materials. Um, and that makes sense. I mean, we're, you know, we did a podcast like what last week that said that the prices went up again on, on the Mach-E batteries that they're spending 18, I think Ford's cost is $18,000 for the battery in the Mach-E. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> they want to keep tabs on that and get that back if they can. So if they can make an attractive looking lease for people um, and, and ensure that they get that stuff back. But what this is going to do is it's going to change everything we know about the automotive industry. And the best way that I can kind of whatever uh, describe it is cell phone. I mean, you turn your cell phone in and you get another one and you don't really think twice about it. That's never happened with cars. Uh, the 20th century way of doing things was was for a company like Ford to make a car and to sell it to the consumer and to make enough money on that sale to where they could be profitable, that one sale. And then they, they had no control over what happened after that. You know what I mean? Uh, the second, third owner, that was all up to either, you know, the person that bought the car, sorry, <clears throat> or the dealerships or a, a large secondhand dealership network out there, you know, the little corner dealerships and stuff like that. Um, I think what they're trying to do is use this pivot in automotive history to try and regain that control. Keep, you know, we always joke about that. We always say, who the hell is gonna spend this much money on a car that's uninspiring? Well, we are, if they limit our options. You know what I mean? If, like, imagine, imagine, imagine no, eight-year-old cars for sale on dealership lots because they've all gone back to the factory to be melted down and rebuilt. You are forced at that point into an, a, a, a car lease. And I think that's the way it's going to be. I think, you know, we already know with the under, younger generation, ownership isn't as important to their fundamentals as it was to previous. I, I think that you know, that speaks to Ford and all these these auto manufacturers in a very enlightening. They're like, oh, really? You guys don't want to own. So we can just charge you $750 a month for the rest of your life and you'll never have an asset out of it. Yeah. OK, that works. Yeah, it, 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 we've been following the Ford stuff pretty closely because what they're doing is interesting. And there's just a lot of news because they just let it get out there. It seems to me like they're using the Mustang Mach-E as a true-to-time uh, study of what's going to happen here. Because it seems like every time some bad news comes out about the Mach-E, they immediately have some sort of reaction to it that's vastly going to change the way that they do business. And they're always saying, and they're only doing it for the EV side of things. And uh, but but you know, it's you can tell that like. If something goes wrong, here's our backup plan for that. If something goes wrong here, here's our backup plan for that. So this is kind of the newest thing that they've come to. And I think you're right. I think that the this, this supply and demand and how hard it is to get all these rare minerals right now to make these batteries is the biggest red ass on Ford's plate right now. And their only way to deal with it 
is to regain the control. And the only way to regain the control is to literally bring it in house, melt it down and kind of remake it yourselves. I think they also might be a little bit worried about the longevity, the, the lifespan of these vehicles. You know, uh, like, like the internal combustion engine has been kind of like perfected over the last however the hell long they've been going now. So like, you know that a Toyota, even if you treat it like crap, is going to last for 200,000 miles and pretty much everything else will do damn near the same thing. Go ahead. It's not that it's it's perfected, it's that it is serviceable. Mm -hmm. You can buy a Toyota Tacoma, which is a damn strong vehicle, and you can make that thing run for the rest of your life. You know, with maintenance and it, like it, you can turn wrenches on that car and fix what is broken and make it live forever. You cannot mm -hmm. do that as of now on an electric car. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think that that is a major concern that, that they're probably doing this for because yeah like the last thing they want is for somebody to sit there and and run through an entire three-year lease go oh my god i love this car buy it and then a year later they're like oh crap well this thing kind of turned out to be a piece of crap the battery died we had to replace an entire battery that's like twenty-five thousand dollars. whereas on an internal combustion engine if you just pop a motor it's a couple grand throw a new motor in there it's a lot easier but the battery is like even more so than the motor, the lifeblood of this whole thing. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think the other part is like I was saying again, uh, con control of the supply chain, because once they get this moving and you're a couple generations of cars down the road into this, um, let's just say, so every three years, all the leases are up, people turn those cars in, they go in there and they get a refresh, or else they 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 uh, recycle them down. So now your new vehicles that you're building are taking in whatever 50% recycled materials. So now instead of having to start from scratch, take in all brand new materials from overseas, all the mining companies and everything, you're now only having to take 50% from what would have gone into that car. So it it will lower the cost to make the battery for sure. And anytime you recycle stuff, it always lowers cost. Um, it also typically lowers quality as well. So that's something we got to start watching out for. Um, but that won't be a problem until we're a couple generations down the road on this thing. I think I almost give Ford credit for being such an open book right now because I know it comes across as like they're confused. Mm -hmm. But they are confused. They're trying to navigate these new waters. And I think that they are realizing that in the EV world, the way it's looking now, it is imperative that they get these, these materials back. I mean, forget the car, it's the battery. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that is what is gonna be valuable. And I think that they're looking at it going, we cannot make this affordable if we are not getting the cars back. If, if the cars you know, get sold once and then they go off and get sold by second and third parties, we're only making money that one time. And in order for that to happen, these cars are going to go over six figures, well, into six figures very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's exactly what cell phone companies do. Like most people think that they own their cell phones. You probably do not. Unless yeah. you right, bought it for $1,000 or whatever, whenever it came out. If you did it as some sort of plan, I almost guarantee you do not own that phone. And whenever it's time to get a new one, you will turn that one in. They will ship it to the factory. They'll melt it down and reuse everything. Here's a thought that I had when you were talking a minute ago. Uh, warranty. Like, let's think about warranties. 
The average part on a car that would go bad right now is probably not that expensive for Ford, you know, unless it's an essential, unless it's an engine or a transmission. But these other parts, I mean, their costs are pretty low because production is so high. A battery can go like that. You know, it's electronic. It can just go. And if it, I'm just thinking about, imagine Ford's warranty issues. That could eat them alive. You know, you no longer have like, oh, you know, my alternator went out. No problem. We'll take care of that, sir, because we appreciate you as a customer. Well, my $20,000 battery went out. You can only take so many of those on the chin before you're, you're upside down. You can't do this. So I think that that's also something that they're probably looking at is what are we going, this whole like, you know, five year, whatever, 60,000 mile warranties might not be a good idea when the the fundamental parts of the car are getting astronomical. Mm -hmm. um, and again, I, you know, I think Ford's just being, if, if you start paying attention to all the Ford news, you can start to connect the dots in what they're thinking. Um, and, and that brings me to, an, you like numbers, let me run through numbers. I was looking at what pre-recall, a, um, a Ford Mach-E, and just to be clear, you guys, if you hadn't listened to our other podcast, you can't buy a Mach-E right now, so I don't know what the point of any of this is anyway, but they had a recall on the thing, and so they've, they've essentially had to stop sales. Um, but before that happened, you could lease a Mach-E for $757 a month. That's a lot, okay? <laughs> like, let's just, let's just take a second and go, shit, that's a lot of money. Because normally, the whole point of a lease is it's supposed to be more affordable. Um, $757 a month for 36 months, three years, with a 15,000 mile a year limit. So those were the terms. And you could adjust those, but I just picked kind of round numbers or whatever. So <clears throat> oh, $757 a month times 36 months is $27,252. Yep. Plus a $2,000 deposit that you got to come with when you get the car. So at the end of three years with a Mach-E leasing it, you are in for $29,252 and you turn it in and have nothing. Yeah. That's it. You've spent 30 grand in three years, $10,000 a year to drive a Mach-E. And, and you, there's so many questions I have and I don't know where to start, but like, first of all, you might, you, the argument might be, but how much do you save on gas? Well, I kind of looked at that. And if, if we're going on the 15,000 mile a year kind of basis or whatever, your average car might get 20 miles a gallon realistically. You know, and so I, I did the math as 750 gallons a year. I just picked $4 because it's a round number for gas. You're spending $3,000 per year on gas. So three times three, you're at $9,000 of what would have been gas that I guess you could save. If you're assuming that charging is free, what it's, which it's not. Um, but anyway, I was looking at that $30,000 number and I'm like, I mean, you know, I'm not a rich man, so it's hard for me to put myself in the rich people's shoes. But like, that's a lot of money to drive a freaking base, what I consider basic transportation crossover. What? But you're looking at it the wrong way. See, you and I, 
when we look at cars, we look at cars as investments. So therefore we look at the final number. I know that we do because you and I have car shopped together before. Most people just look at the monthly payment. So yeah. while we something and go, who the hell is going to pay 60, 70, $80,000 for an electric vehicle? They go, that's not the question. The question is who's going to pay $752 a month for an electric vehicle. That's the real question. That's all they care about. Yeah. And, and the younger generation is kind of proved through the way that they have been sold cell phones and all, all the plans and the way that they're being sold Netflix and all their streaming and stuff like that, that as long as you can find a monthly number that is agreeable for them and it's, and it's a service or something that they want, they'll absolutely do it. Yeah, I'm fundamentally different. I, I, every car I buy, I assume I am going to own forever. And see, it just bothers me to my core that at the end of three years, you'd spend $30,000 and be like, here's your car back. Yeah. Like, what the hell? But all right, <clears throat> so even take that aside, that number, $30,000, doesn't cut the mustard for Ford on the cost of the Mach-E. I mean, we know that the battery is $18,000. So, and again, this is all speculation. They've got to do it again. Like, I think that we it yeah. could very realistically, and knowing Ford, if they hear this, they'll go, oh, that's not a bad idea, actually. Let's, let's do a, a news release on this. But, like, I almost think we're looking at an era of secondhand leases. Mm -hmm. So it'll come back from the first. It'll get a Ford refresh. It'll be a certified you know, pre-leased lease or whatever you want to call it. So they'll go in there and they'll change the seats, the stuff that are cheap, you know, to make it fresh or whatever. They'll change the wiper blades, give it a good polish, and then send it out on another three-year lease. That makes sense because then let's just essentially say they double it. I know they shouldn't be able to get as much the second time, but with the way inflation's going, they probably will be able to get that $750 the second time. And then after six years, they have made $60,000 on a Maki. That makes sense. And they get their battery back. Yeah. And speaking of new news, one of the big things that's going to kill new car sales is the Federal Reserve constantly increasing the, uh, the, the rate you know, for, for people to get loans, basically. So that, that number is constantly going up, which means less and less people are going to qualify for loans. So it's okay, man. I understand that you cannot qualify for the loan for that $80,000 vehicle. We can lease it to you and not even worry about the loan portion of it. We'll get can, you in and out today. I can already hear that. I can already hear that sales pitch is like, hey, look, rates are high right now. Like you might mm -hmm. just want to lease it for a few years, see what happens to the rates, you know, and, and people just go, I mean, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Except the big flaw with that is Ford said, quoted by Ford CEO, that they're going to do away with dealerships. Or he didn't say that, but he said it's going to be brutal on dealerships because they're yeah. going to fix price, internet-only sales on their EVs. That's true. But you got to remember, Ford does all of their own financing in-house through Ford Credit. Yeah. Okay. So I, you know, I, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't know really what else we can dive into unless you have anything else. Like it's kind of just we're reading, you know, we're just kind of going over the news. Yeah, um, but I, think it, here. I did have one other thing I wanted to say. 
Um, dang it. Oh, no, I think I just lost it. Oh, no, I got it. Okay, so when you were talking about how uh, at the end of three years, you basically have paid $30,000 and you say, here's your car back. Um, that might ne not necessarily be a bad thing. Ford actually might be doing you a solid there because it might be one of those things where after three years, those cars just like, really need an overhaul as far as, I mean, who knows, man? We don't know anything about battery technology. Maybe all those contactors and connectors need to be like, cleaned or replaced or, or, or something, you know, maybe the battery needs a full overhaul. Giving the car back after spending 30 grand might be a lot better than <clears throat> buying a car for 80 grand and then having it being worth absolutely nothing on the used market. I mean, that's true. I think that electric vehicles lend themselves to perhaps leases in a sense, because look, I mean, Unless they can figure this out, electric vehicles kind of kill America's love affair with the automobile. And I think it's going to change at its core. I don't think people are going to want to, they're not going to lust after a car and want to own it long term. Like I was talking about, like, man, this thing's awesome. And I, I never, you know, like we get cars now and we're like, I'm never going to sell this car. You know, I have this car, you know, because we get excited about it. But an electric car, doesn't do that. I, you're absolutely right. Like, why would I buy an $80,000 refrigerator when I can just lease a three, you know, a, a refrigerator for three years and then always have the new one? I couldn't care less. It's a refrigerator. That's essentially what an electric car is. Yeah. So I do get that. Um, again, I think it comes down to Go cost, ahead. though. I think I know their big marketing pitch is like, it's the cost of the lease plus all the gas that you're saving. But it's like, yo, that's still... $750 a month plus insurance on this thing to drive something for three years to turn it back in. That sucks. I mean, it does. But I mean, if you think about it, this is similar to what a lot of the European car companies have been doing here in the States for decades now. Like nobody, barely anybody actually buys a brand new Mercedes or BMW or Audi. Those things are freaking leased for the first three to five years of their lives. And then they come in and they get cleaned up and they get a refresh and they get sent back out. That's true. I don't know. I mean, you know, you guys listen and just think of like how this could go. Like I said, this is speculation, but, <clears throat> and maybe I'm approaching it too negatively. And, and if there's positives, let us know in the comments. Um, if you guys are thinking of it in a positive way, but like, I'm seeing a world in the future without used options. Um, I'm seeing a lot of new things that we haven't seen in the automotive world, like secondary leases, uh, things like that. And I am seeing auto manufacturers basically get you in a, contact, a contract to where they get their car back because this battery technology, in, unless they figure something out, is so valuable that it's 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 going to be essential for these EVs to to happen. They don't want these things, the, the whole SWAT culture, you know, and hot rod culture and all that. You freaking forget that. The last thing that Ford wants is you to take some Mach-E motor out and put it in a Ford Festiva. Like, they, they're getting that motor back because there's, that's valuable that, you know, so there's going to be a, I'm sure that, you know, 
the auto manufacturers are all about this. But yeah, I mean, it's going to be a world where you lease. And I think that'll go back. Cadillac and some other people were trying to do that kind of stuff where they were just like, pay us a monthly lease and you can pick the car. If you need an Escalade for the weekend, you know, come swap it out, you know, turn in your Camaro and get an Escalade or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I can see it going to something like that. <clears throat> I also see the lease thing like, it's very easy for them to just keep a lazy customer, a Ford customer. You know what I mean? Like you're turning it in, they kind of got you, you know, and they can give you a little incentive to get the next one. Um, it's going to just, it's going to kind of kill the shopping and comparison experience. Yeah. It ends up being like a gym membership almost. Ah, it's the one that's close to my house. We'll just stick with that one. <laughs> yeah. Even though I, I wonder if that'll come. I wonder if it'll come to like, Okay, sir, well, we can sign you up for this really good rate that we have now on a 10 year lease. And in that 10 years, you'll be available to get three cars. You can upgrade after like 24 months or whatever. You know, they're going to do it like cell phones. Like, oh, yeah, you know, you get your upgrade, you know. Um, and all that will play out. All that's going to play out as they figure out <clears throat> the EV or the battery, you know, production. I think right now we're having to get these these raw materials or the batteries themselves from overseas. And I think they're like, that's not going to work. This is not a viable business plan because overseas is just gouging the hell out of us right now. So we got to take it on the chin right now. But as soon as we get enough to have our own little, you know, battery supply, then that's what we're going to have to do. Well, and it's, it's absolutely right, because that's not a viable business plan. If, no. if you're put all your eggs in this EV basket, which the government is forcing you to do. So that it is what happening is what's happening. You are having to put all your eggs in that basket. But like, you don't even know how much raw material there really is out there. They, yeah, sure, they're finding it right now. But what happens if all of a sudden it just goes dry and you don't find any for like two months? You just stop making or just out of business? What essentially is happening, I said it on the last podcast, China is going full bore to be an automotive superpower in the in this EV transition. So they're basically, I think, at this point, going, "Hey, Ford, that Mach-E battery, yeah, that one that's eighteen thousand. It's twenty-four thousand now. All right, see ya. You know, like you want it or not, we don't give a shit. You know yeah. what I mean? But you guys have already produced the car. Like you've got to have this. So I think that China is leveraging the hell out of this to make themselves. Um, you know, a real player in the automotive game. Yeah. And as long as we're not willing to do the mining here in the U.S. ourselves, that's how yeah. it's all going to be. Same thing with oil. Oil is always more expensive when we're not drilling here. We have to rely on other countries to get it to us because you're buying it from somebody else, not yourself. And you got to pay for all the shipping and tariffs and all the shit to get it here. So obviously the price just goes up every single time. That's what happens. That, that's why it's better to make stuff manufacture fine stuff here in the u.s this may be really stupid but why not just have it at the ready you know what i mean like basically like hey chang you see this you see this i flipped this lever and we're like producing this stuff so like <laughs> get your ass in check but they but they don't do it like that man like i don't whatever politics it's dumb um okay so yeah uh we'll see we'll see how this plays out but ford is trying to uh, you know, get their leases back. They're trying to get you in a lease and then get their leases back. They, they, I don't think they want to sell you an electric car. I think they want to lease you an electric vehicle. Mm -hmm. 
I think they essentially want to lease you a battery is what it really comes down to. <laughs> the vehicle is just the the vehicle is the vessel. That's a, we should make that a shirt. The vehicle is the vessel for the battery and yeah. your wallet is what takes it on its trip throughout its life. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. We'll see what happens this week, I guess. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thanks. See you later.